Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. It is such an interesting time to cross over the end of 2021. Um, the year of surprises, right? Not always good surprises, but it wasn't the year that many of us thought it was going to be. However, it is the year that we've experienced God's faithfulness on whole new levels, right? It's the year that we experienced God in the midst of the uh, where do we turn? Where do we go? What do we do? How are we going to get through this? It's the year that we saw God in ways that sometimes you wouldn't see him if there hadn't been a little pressure, if there hadn't been a little push on the things of life. And so today, just as we wrap out this year, I'm not going to take a lot of time, but I felt such a strong uh, sense of the Lord as we, as we finish this year that it's exceptionally important how we pause and frame it before we go into the new year. And uh, I, I, I often have this feeling at the end of a year, the framing is a, it's an issue, it's a thing that we need to talk about. Basically, the framing is, how do I choose to remember what I've been through? But more than that, I really believe that this particular year, the frame that we have to have is gratitude. And uh, so we're gonna talk about that for just a few minutes today. And gratitude is a very specific choice. It's something that we can look at. For instance, you know, this year we've had a lot of people, probably almost everybody in the room has, can I grab my water please, babe? Has had somebody uh, pass away this year. Almost all of us are dealing with some measure of loss. And I was thinking, you know, my most recent one was a, a really good friend who just passed away a couple uh, weeks ago. And, um, it was, it was tempting, Let's, sometimes we just need to pause and be honest, it was tempting for it to be a final straw. Like, oh my goodness, how much more can there, like how much more can we take? How much more can there be? And I really felt the correction of the Lord to pause and say thank you for the years that I got to celebrate with her for the years that I got to experience her, for the times that we got to share together, the, the, the life that we got to live together, that instead of just going to the negative side, like I can't believe this happened, to stay in the sense of gratitude, in the place of gratitude, I'm so grateful for her life. And so why would God say that? I believe that as we're moving into this new year, the things that are coming, the things that we're heading into demand us to have a right heart attitude. And if we're filtering through the wrong lens, we will miss what it is God has for us. We'll miss the good stuff. We'll miss the plans and the purposes that he has for us, the things that he wants to pour out. It's why it's important to pause like we read at the, the top of our service this morning, that he crowns the year in his goodness. That there, there's something of him that's at the very beginning of the year, that it, it's at the very end of the year, that it surrounds, it encompasses the whole year. It encompasses every holiday, every celebration, every month, every week, every day. His, his goodness surrounds it all. It encompasses it all. And we get to choose how we're going to look at that. And so the idea of us being crowned by his goodness you're sitting here this morning, you're at home, wherever you are, you're sitting here crowned in his goodness or surrounded, encompassed in his goodness. Like if you just pause and think on that for a minute, isn't that just a 
mind-blowing place to land. I am here today. Whatever, whatever life is looking like, whatever the holiday is or is not this year, whatever the year has or has not been, I today am surrounded, encompassed in his goodness. Wow. It kind of makes you want to pause and look at it, right? Have you ever had the thing where you are... Um, you know, traveling or whatever, and you're, you're in a new area, and you're so, you know, you're so fixated on the GPS and the fact that somebody somewhere in GPS land never updated it to let you know that that road doesn't exist anymore, and you are now off in the Thule's, you know, driving, and you're, you're so focused on the device that when somebody in the backseat or whatever goes, oh, that's such a cool whatever, you missed it entirely. You also drove past it, but you're so focused on the, where are we going? How do we get here? What, what? You miss the stuff that's right around you. And so I believe that God wants us to pause right now. And instead of just being, where have we been? How do we get here? Where are we going? What's the plan? Is somebody in charge of this thing? We need to pause and lift up our eyes and see the goodness that surrounds us. That we are encompassed in his goodness. So if you were a little bit late to the service today, Psalm 65 talks about that. Matthew Henry says, an act of faith can give thanks for a promise, though it has not yet, uh, so, though it be not as yet performed. There's King James Version. <laughs> an act of faith can give thanks for a promise, though it be not as yet performed. So I can have gratitude, even though I don't see the fulfillment of everything that's in God's heart for me, even though I don't see how it's all going to come together, even though I don't have the full picture, even though I'm still standing in faith for this person, this situation, this job, these finances, this whatever, even though I'm still standing in faith, I can give thanks. I can be in a place of gratitude, which is the very nature of faith itself anyway, right? It sees those things that are not as though they were. It's that expectation of who God is. So specifically, we cross over into that place of seeing God's goodness around us. I saw a quote that said, some people see, uh, some people are glass half full people. Some people are glass half empty people. Some people should just be grateful to have a glass. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's that. It's like, it's not as good as you think it is. It's not as bad as you think it is. Well, it is. It just is. And isn't it great that God's in it with us? And who's holding the glass of my life? His hand. I'm in his hand. That's a good spot to land. That's a good place to be. So the framing or the filter or the lens, it's the way we see what is. It's the way we choose to look at. It's the perspective that we have. And, and I was thinking about this. You know, we've got, um, you know, various ages in our family, of course, and when you gather together, the very difference of how you approach Christmas, for instance. Like, I am really um, particular about how certain things look, or like, I like presents to be wrapped a certain way. It's coming to our attention that like our G-babies honestly don't care if it's wrapped in newspaper, parchment paper, saran wrap. It doesn't really matter to them. But I, you know, I like it, everything to look a certain way. It's the lens because for them, it's so simple. It's so beautiful. It's so pure. They're not looking at, at presentation. They're being in the experience, right? What is it that God has for us to experience? And what is it this year even that he had for us to experience. We need to frame it with gratitude. So just a simple, 
definition for us to, to think about. Gratitude is the quality of being thankful. Readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. So a readiness to show appreciation for. It's the uh, quality of being thankful. Gratefulness is deeper than thankfulness. Gratefulness is the source underneath it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 gives three instructions. In fact, if you want to memorize a passage of scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5 is the one because there are like two, two word verses. Like, for instance, verse uh, 16 of 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always. That's the whole verse. Rejoice always, always, even in 2021. Always. Rejoice always. And interestingly, that particular word for rejoice is there means to be calmly happy. In other words, even though it's been difficult, we can choose to rejoice. It's given as an instruction as though it's something that we decide, not something that we have to uh, experience from an external thing. We decide it's I'm going to put on that joy. I'm going to step into that place Always, I can do that. And then it says, pray without ceasing. I think it's not a coincidence that these two go together. I think the way that you rejoice always is praying without ceasing. It's making sure that God is present in all of those things, that in the situation that you're in, I can be calmly happy because I know that God is here. And I know that I'm surrounded, I'm encompassed by his goodness, that he's right there with me. And then it goes on and it says, and in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Not necessarily, man, I thank you for the suffering, Lord. This is just delightful. I have never really enjoyed the pain so much as I have this. It's not saying that. It's saying in the midst of the suffering, I thank you, Lord, that you are here. I thank you, Lord, that your goodness surrounds me, that you are encompassing me, encircling me. I can give thanks in every situation because you are always good, because you are always there for me. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What is God's will for my life? I have no idea what to plan for the new year. I don't know. Now that I'm unemployed, where am I going? What am I doing? You need to know God's will, but it will start from the framing of gratitude. Does this make sense? And so this choice, I can decide to look back on this year and I can see that I survived it or I can see that the faithfulness of God carried me through it. It's quite a different approach. We were talking about even for us in our, um, our business, we downsized substantially this year, like by half at least, uh, substantially. And we can either say that we lost half our business or whatever, or we can say God helped us refine to what it's supposed to be for this season which he did. And we can see now that part of it is like, I really, really appreciate personally the fact that as, as things are intensifying spiritually, as the church is growing substantially quickly, I'm so grateful that Wayne is available to be here all the time instead of off doing, you know, things all over the place. So God has positioned him for this new season. So what I'm saying is all of us have these things. We can either look at it as we lost or we, you know, whatever, whatever it is, we can't do this. We can't have this anymore. This is, this is no longer. 
Or we can say, I, I am grateful in this because I can see God is taking me towards I frame it differently. And that is the core thing with the gratitude issue. There was an article um, uh, on a study that they had done out of Berkeley. I don't know who gets paid to do these studies, honestly. Like, what do you do for a living? I study gratitude for a job. But people do. People do. And so here's, here's something that is interesting. They say that uh, gratitude is a definite two-step process. And I find this interesting. Number one... It is recognizing that one has obtained a positive outcome. So gratitude demands that we pause on a situation and look at it. I have to be able to recognize, in order for me to feel gratitude, I have to recognize the positive in it. That's an interesting thing. It means that sometimes we have to dig for that. What is the positive? What is the thing? What is, what is it that God's doing? And if nothing else, if it feels like I don't see any positive, it is all bad. The fact that God is with you in it is a radical positive. The fact that you might have been more dependent on him than ever before. Do you know that is something in the eternal picture that is worth it? The fact that we need him, the fact that we seek him, the fact that we pursue him, the fact that maybe we, we could say, well, you know, I went through this loss and this loss and this loss this year, which we did. But I think the gratitude side there, that recognizing that one has obtained a positive outcome, is saying, and I thank you, Lord, that this person is with you. And more importantly for me right now, I am thankful that you never left me. You never forsook me. I never cried a tear that you didn't see. I didn't spend a minute that you didn't hold me. I am grateful, Lord, that you have taken me through. And when I didn't think, when I sat there crying on the floor, saying, I don't think I can go another day. I don't think I can go another hour. I don't, if this person is gone from my life, I don't want to go on. And yet here I am. Your life has sustained me. Your breath is in my lungs. You know, Kelly, you, you just about died this year. Literally, like you guys, you guys walk through literal. So it can be like, just to use you for an example, because you're in the second row and that's how this works. You could say, man, this was one incredible, I mean, I nearly died. It was terrible. Like, we barely survived this year. Or it's, praise God. You know, the enemy tried to kill me, but God said no. And I am still here, and I am still standing, and there is still purpose, and there's still breath in my lungs, right? That's the, that's the thing. It's the subtle shift that we look at and we decide to recognize that we have obtained a positive outcome. The second thing is recognizing that there is an external force for this out, uh, ex, bleh. recognizing there is an external source for this positive outcome. So gratitude doesn't become gratitude in our heart until we recognize that somebody's responsible for it. Isn't that interesting? So we really, we can be thankful but we can't be really grateful until we have somewhere to put the gratitude. So when it comes to God, God is like, I want you to know today that I am the source of life, that I am the goodness that has surrounded you. 
that in every day of this year that has been and in every day of the year that comes, I am crowning this year with my goodness. I am encircling you with my goodness. I am the source of life and life abundantly. And what the enemy meant for evil, I will take it and work it for good. I have turned things. I do hold you in my hand. I do think good things towards you. I do have a plan, a hope, a future for you. There is something good that you can lean into. Gratitude demands that we pursue him and this way of thought. There's a story in Luke 17, 15 to 17, the story about the 10 lepers and Jesus healed them all. But it says in verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned one of them and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? It's possible to be thankful. I'm pretty sure the other nine were thankful, but one showed gratitude. One actually paused, came back, and I love this description. He, he returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Not just, oh, I'm so grateful, but I am so grateful, God, if it were not for you. If it were not for your hand upon my life, if it were not for your presence, if it were not for your leading, if it were not for your wisdom, your counsel, your provision, if it were not for you, I would not have made it. It's interesting because studies in the same, the same study, it, it actually says that uh, certain traits act as barriers to gratitude. One of them is envy. Envy means instead of being grateful for where I am, I'm wondering why you got what you got. How's that work? How come you're not suffering? How come you, how come you got that? Envy is going to be a problem for gratitude. Materialism is a, and this is, this is secular studies. This is, this is people looking at how the brain works. Materialism, if I'm looking at stuff, I can't see who God is. If I'm looking at the stuff, I can't experience the gratitude. The third one is narcissism. <laughs> but me, but my stuff, my, this affects me. That will be a problem for gratitude. The final one that they listed was cynicism, which is different than idealism or realism. I'm just being, I'm just being real about it. No, cynicism actually is an internal judgment of somebody else's motives. So cynicism says, I, you know, I don't actually trust God to do the right thing. I actually think people are out to get me. I actually think that there is something that's coming against me. I am, I am seriously questioning the motives of everything. Now, maybe situations have motives for sure. Here's the inside tip. We know from the beginning here, when it was written, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. <laughs> so it's not a surprise that there are some motives that are coming against us that are problematic. But our focus can't be on that. Our focus has to be on gratitude, which is recognizing the positive outcome and that there is a source of that. Are you with me? 
It doesn't make the other stuff not true. It means that's not what I'm choosing to focus on. I have to get my mind in the right place. I believe this is God's counsel for us as we end this year, as we approach the new year. We decide. Some of us need to shift our thinking aggressively moving into the new year. That I am look. I am not looking for people to have negative motivations against me. I am looking for where God is good, where he is faithful. I am choosing to live in gratitude. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing in everything by prayer and supplication. In other words, the conversation that you're having with God with thanksgiving. So as we spend time this week, as we prepare ourselves for whatever is coming in the, the, the year ahead, whatever's coming, I mean, I was, I was literally at a store the other day, and the person, uh, the cashier, I, I just, I couldn't get anything positive out of her. And it was like, you know, well, it's almost Christmas, at least you're going to get a break. Well, I don't know, I mean, I'm going to try and get through it, but people are just... Well, you know, it's been a tough year, but I, things are looking up for next year. Well, uh, we'll see. I mean, if last year was any indication, I think it's just getting worse. And I mean, I don't think we're going to have anything to leave our grandchildren. And I don't think, and I'm like, well, you know, she's like, I think we're all going to have to live together and, you know, multi-generational and all live in the same house. I'm like, well, you know what? There's wisdom in caring for one another. And she's like, well, I don't know about, I'm like, wow. I got in my Jeep and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm so grateful that I'm like, but you know, the mindset, here's, here's what I expect for her. Unless she has an encounter with Jesus, she could have a really crappy year coming up. I think, I think she's looking for it. You know, what are you expecting? What are you looking for from God? Because the correct pull from him, the correct draw on him will come from a place of gratitude from where he's taking you through. Harry Ironside says, we would worry less if we praised more. Thanksgiving is the enemy of discontent and dissatisfaction. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at Victory Church GP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.victorygp.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.